0: If you have your Bibles, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. So excited about us meeting again tonight at 6 so I can continue this message like I usually do when I don't finish it. Amen. And you ought to thank God for it or you'd be here all day. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 8 in the Word of God. And I know this applies to Israel, but I believe it could very, very well apply to the United States of America. Because God has surely blessed us, but we have surely turned our back as a nation on the living God. Amen? And we need to repent. Amen? We need to repent as a nation. And we need to realize that the foundations be destroyed, what should the righteous do? I'll tell you what the righteous ought to do. They ought to get right with God and be right. Amen? Good Sunday school lesson this morning, Brother Jack. I believe this is 16 weeks, 16 weeks that he has taught from his kitchen or bedroom or living room dining room basement patio I don't know where he's, where he's at amen but praise God is good and miss Rebecca's taught 16 lessons to the children and there's one thing I've really understood and and I know is the truth is that she has a way with communicating with children amen isn't that good because I can understand it amen that's what that's what I'm saying amen Deuteronomy chapter 8 hope you enjoyed that video I sure did David Gibbs can tell a story can he I could never tell that story, I guarantee you, but it was a blessing. Let's stand in honor of the Word of God. I meant to stand during the national anthem, but we will stand at the end of the service. Y'all got to forgive me and pray for me that I'll keep a sound mind this morning. It says, all the commandments which I command thee this day shall be ye observed to do, that ye may live and multiply, listen now, and go in and possess the land, which the Lord swear unto your fathers. It reminds me of the United States. We know this is talking about Israel uh, possessing the land that God has promised, but let's apply it this morning. And thou shalt remember. Won't you underline that? Thou shalt remember. Remember that. Remember to remember. All the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness and humbled thee and proved thee to know what was in thine heart whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not. Neither did the fathers know that he might make thee known that man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Say amen right there if you don't say amen again. And it says, The raiment wax not old upon thee, how about that? Neither did the foot swell these 40 years. Hallelujah. For the, all the old people who have swelling feet, you ought to say, you ought to, you ought to march around this auditorium. But listen, it says this. It says, Thou shall also consider thy heart, that as a man chastened his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. Talking about a nation being chastened. Therefore, Thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in His ways and to fear Him. Verse 7, stay with me. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines, fig trees and pomegranates, a land of o- o- olive and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread uh, without uh, s- uh, scarceness, thou shalt not lack anything in it. A land whose stones are iron, out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. When thou hast eaten and art full, then shalt thou bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he has given thee. Beware, here's a warning, that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments, And his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full, and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiplied, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all thy house is multiplied, then thy heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee. Through the great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of the flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with a manna which thy fathers knew not, that ye might humble thee, and that ye might prove thee, and do the good of the latter end. And thou shalt say in thy heart, My power and my might of my hand hath gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto the fathers as it is this day. And he shall be, if thou be at all, forget the Lord thy God, and walk after other gods, and serve them, and worship them. I testify against you this day, and ye shall surely perish, as the nations which the Lord destroyeth before your face so shall he perish, ye perish, because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for this wonderful chapter. And thank you, dear God, for the wonderful reminder that you brought this country out of exile, the oppression of religion, into the freedom of a land to worship you and to crown you as Lord of our country. And God, forgive us for going back. Forgive us for being so prideful that we think it's our wealth and our goodness and our entrepreneurism and initiative that's got us this great land. Lord Jesus, please help us to never forget where we came from. And God, as I preach this history lesson, help it not be some boring history lesson. Help it be a lesson about your goodness. And God, how you've been so good to us. And Lord Jesus, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll send revival to this country. At least send revival to this church, to this preacher. And we'll thank you, God, for the reminder this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know if you believe this or not, but there is a battle... For the soul of America, there's a battle for the soul of America. Uh, there's 50 titles in, a, in the bookstores now against Christianity. Let me just give you a few examples of them: "American Fascists," fascist, "The Christian Right and the War on America," "The Baptizing of America," "The Religious Right Plans for the Rest of Us," "The End of Faith, Religion, Terror, and the Future of Reason." Here's another book, Piety and Politics, The Right-Wing Assault on Religious Freedom. Atheist Universe is the name of the book. The Thinking Person's Answer to Christian Fundamentalism. Here's another book, Thy Kingdom Come, How the Religious Right Distorts the Faith and Threatens America. Let me give you one more. Could give you 50. Religion Gone Bad, The Hidden Dangers, of the Christian right. Now folks, we're in a warfare against fundamentalism, against conservatism, against uh, believing as God believes. There's 181 million um, people uh, that are unchurched. And folks, uh, three out of four convicted criminals are not incarcerated. Uh, Churches closed their doors last year. 3,500 churches closed their door. How many churches are gonna close their door because of this pandemic. Uh, I I believe many will, they won't survive this. Thank God for you still being here. But our country did not start this way. Our country started right. Our country did not become the land of the free and the home of the brave by blind fate or a happy set of coincidences. But the wise and benevolent God was hovering over us from the very hour of conception and long before. When Columbus discovered this land, he took a cross and, and uh, with his own hands planted it upon the, uh, the land on his knees and kissed the earth and took possession of this continent in the name of the living God. Our forefathers founded this nation upon Christian faith, and it will live so long as the Lord is our God. The pilgrims uh, left the a land where they were persecuted to find a place where they could um, worship the living God. And when they landed, uh, their first order of business was to build a church. The first first building they built was a church dedicated to God. When the Constitutional Convention met at Philadelphia that we celebrate uh, yesterday, I believe, uh, and organized the nation to write the Constitution, venerable old Benjamin Franklin called all the members of the convention to fall upon their knees and pray for wisdom. You take a coin, it says, In God we trust. They're trying to get that off. They're trying to uh, get all the mention of God out of our national anthem. And the same principle, depending upon God, embodied uh, this anthem. The second verse in the middle of it says, Blessed with victory and peace, may the heaven rescue land, praise the power that hath made and preserved us a nation. In 1789, uh, the uh, the pre- first president of the United States, George Washington, said this, Perpetuous smiles of heaven can never be expected on a nation that disregards the eternal rules and order and right which heaven itself has endured, endured ordained. In 1796, uh, after he was leaving office, they took this out of all the history books. It's called censorship for, the, for conservatism. George Washington spoke these urgent words on his farewell message. I'll give you this and we'll get to the message. Of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion, and morality are indispensable support. In vain would that man claim the tribute of patriotism who would labor to subvert these great pillars. What great pillars? Morality and the Bible. America has been... Uh, going against God for many years. And America's greatness co- came because of their principle of the Judo christian uh, ethic. The foundation of this nation was based on the Word of God. I want you to notice in our text, number verses 1, we need to see and remember or see our heritage. It says in verse 1, All the commandments which I command thee this day shall be observed to do that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. Now folks, God created this nation. One nation under God is so true and we ought to keep it that way and there is is an onslaught to get all mention of God, all remembrance of God out of our nation and that's so sad. Look at verse 2. It says, and thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God uh, led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee and to know that thou was in thine heart whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. I want you to notice the word remember. Folks, we shall remember. We should remember. We ought to remember our great heritage, our great uh, 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 birth, you know, the... Um, uh, in 1856, uh, the textbook uh, was uh, written with the alphabet that we would we would remember. God, the New England Primer, 1795. It says, "A, a wise man makes a glad father. B, better is a little with the fear of the Lord uh, than great treasures in trouble there. And C, come into Christ, all ye that uh, are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Amen. D." Do not the abominable thing that I hate, saith the Lord. Now, what's abomination? It's defined in the Bible. And one of the greatest abominations is pride in the house of God and sowing discord in the house of God. But folks, abomination only means killing the unborn. That's abomination to God. Uh, abomination means that there's a same sex and that no, nobody should uh, be pleased with how God's created you. And folks, listen this abomination. The alphabet was memorized. Do not the abominable thing. E, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now folks, I don't know about you, but that's a pretty good alphabet. Say amen. That's a good way to remember your ABCs. Amen. And folks, listen, we need to realize that uh, uh, the first grade book of uh, 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 that primer said, uh, what's the first commandment? What's the fifth commandment? What's the sixth commandment? And went over and over that. And folks, listen, uh, we need to see that a textbook for over 30 years has had this erased. George Washington said this, do not let anyone claim to be a true American. Don't let them claim the, the tribute of American patriotism. If they ever attempt to remove religion from politics, if they do that, they cannot be called a true American. Amen. Hey friend, listen, there's a the left wing, the uh, liberals have tried to distort the separation of church and state for many years and saying that the church... Uh, should stay out of the state. But I want to tell you something. That was written that the state stay out of the church. Amen? And there wouldn't be one state religion. There'd be one national religion like Congregational Church. And they flip-flopped it. Uh, they reversed it. They, re, they uh, revised it, and that's what they're trying to do to our Constitution in the United States of America. And folks, we ought to fight that. We ought to be Constitutionists. And folks, we need to remember our heritage. We need to remember how we began. We need to remember that God has blessed America in a tremendous way, and, and men have given their lives, and ladies have given their lives, that we might have this flag, but not more, more than this flag, but a nation, a nation that loves God. In a nation that honors God, look at, uh, look at at. let's go on with our text, and I've got so much, and I'll share more of it with you tonight. I hope you'll come back. I want you to see that God has tried to get our attention. In verses 3-5, through five, I know this applies to Israel, but it can apply to America. God has tried to get our attention, and He's trying to get our attention. And by the way, if this stuff don't get your attention, people burning, uh, I heard that they threw the uh, statue of, uh, of Christopher Columbus in the the river the other day and, and they distorting people that stood for, for Christ. and that's the main uh, 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 violence, I think is toward, uh, towards God and, and towards what's good and what's right and conservatism and, and uh, the, the right for a baby to live and a right for us to have a, a husband and wife and not uh, two men living together and two women living together. That's abomination to God, by the way, amen? That's not God's plan. That's unnatural affection, the Bible says. And folks, let's preach it. You say, I'm afraid you'll lose your tax exemption. It's never been done in history. That's a false, another false thing that the left tries to convince us. And folks, we have every right to be in politics. We ought to rule politics. I don't think we ought to preach at every service, but I believe we ought to mention and we ought to preach against sin. We ought to preach against the sin of this nation. And folks, listen, if we don't, God's going to humble us. Look at verse three. And and he humbled thee, and suffered thee the hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that ye might make thee known um, that Man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Amen. And then it says, the raiment uh, wax not old upon thee. How would you like to have that suit? Neither do they thy foot swell for forty years. Hallelujah. Folks, thou shalt also consider the, thine heart that as a man um, chasteth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. Oh, folks, I, re- I believe we need to cry aloud from the pulpits of America that God is patient and His mercy endureth. But I want to tell you something. He's just about fed up. And I believe God is about to, to show us how strong He really is. And we need to realize our heritage and get back to it. And we need to get back to prayer. We need to get back to praying. You know, in the Capitol, they're trying to get rid of all these uh, statues and things. In the Capitol, every session of the house... And the Senate begins with prayer. each, And that's kind of hypocritical. They they, they cast it out of school, but they're going to have it in, in Congress and the Senate. And the 83rd Congress set aside a small room in the Capitol just off the rotunda. For the private prayer and meditation of members of Congress, the room is always open when Congress is in session, but it is not open to the public because they know that they need God. Some of them do, but the, the, the room focal point is a stained glass window. They put a stained glass window inside this room, this room of prayer for Congress and Senate. And folks, on this stained glass window is George Washington kneeling in prayer. And behind him is asked in the words from Psalm 16, 1, Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. Amen? Folks, i tell you, there's a whole lot of people need to spend more time in that room because there's an agenda today. There's an agenda today to knock and, and expel Christ out of the Capitol just as he, they did the school, just as they put, took the Ten Commandments out of the school. I don't know where we was at then in 1980. And just as they took prayer out of the school. Folks, God help us. God help us to realize that uh, we're, we're about to wake the justice of God, and the judgment of God. I want you to realize in the old days, in the good old days, there were some things that took place uh, that's so providential uh, that uh, God intervened in our our country. Uh, I want you to see some things that happened to spare our country, that God spared our country. Uh, He spared their feet and He spared their clothes, but I want to tell you something, friend. Uh, Our country's been blessed supernaturally by Almighty God, Um, the invisible hand of God's been evident in our history. When have you heard that in a history lesson? George Washington, John Adams, Benjamin Franklin, Abraham Lincoln, to name only a few figures in American history, seem to see clearly the prominence of God behind the events of their day. The nation did not unfold by accident or, or happenstance, they insisted, but by divine design. The settlement of America uh, timed as it was the, the wake of the Revol- uh, Reformation assured in Christian foundations. And nor could our founding fathers account for the victory over England against such extreme odds, apart from seeing the providence, the intervention of God in key moments. In a major address, I want you to read this, uh, before the Assembly of the C- Connecticut in the 1783, Ezra Stiles, with an I, uh, Miss Carolyn, then president of Yale, reviewed these events and suggested why near disaster, time and time again, suddenly turned to victory. I believe God was in it. Listen, our lowest and most dangerous state, he said, is 1776, 1777. We sustained ourselves against a British army of 60,000 troops commanded by the ablest generals, uh, generals Britain could pr- procure throughout. Europe with a naval force of 22,000 seamen and, and above 80 British men of war. He said, who but Washington, inspired by heaven, asked Stiles, could have conceived a surprise move upon the enemy at Princeton that Christmas Eve when Washington and his army crossed the Delaware. He said, who but the ruler of the winds, the master of the wind, my favorite song to sing, he asked, could have delayed British reinforcements by three months of contrary ocean winds at a critical point of our war. Or what but providential miracle he insisted at the last minute detected the treacherous scheme of of traitor Benedict Arnold, which would have delivered the American army, including George Washington, our first president himself, into the hands of an enemy. Or the French role in the revolution, he added, it is God who so ordered the balancing interests of nations as to produce an irresistible motive in the European maritime powers to take our part. French sided with us. And folks, all that's miracles. All that's God. All that we should remember. Just as the, he was begging these Israelites to remember their feet and remember their raiment, we ought to remember our country and how God spared us, how God intervened. And we need to get back to the history book, and we need to get back to the principles and morality because God will chasten a nation that goes against him and remembers not. So first of all, we see our heritage. Second of all, we see our remembrance, but God has tried to get our attention. Through the depression, and now through the pandemic, through terrorists and 911, uh, Stephen preached a message. I want him to come preach it in August here about the day he was in college, and Dr. Sexton was out of town, and he just read them, Psalms 42 and Psalms 43. He just read the whole student body, those, those verses. Didn't say anything. Just said, take your Bibles. They put them on a big screen in the college and he read the word of God to those troubled students that were so upset and so were you that day. God tried to get our attention. I believe prayer was uh, uh, not expelled from the uh, schoolroom for about three or four months, but now we got back to legislating God out the back door. And folks, listen, we need to realize that God's tried to get our attention through the riots in the street. I'll tell you that whole thing about the riots in the street and the looting and the burning and the violence, it's because somebody needs a daddy and mama. Somebody needs a home. And folks, there's a fractured home and there's a fruitless church that's causing the demise of the United States of America. And folks, there's an agenda behind all that that's saying, hey, anti-God, anti-family. Read the mission statement sometime. And I'll go over tonight or to this morning. And folks, the mission statement has an ulterior motive is that I'm not going to do what you're you're saying do, God, and I'm not going to definitely live in a nation that honors God, loves God. And folks, we need to realize that God has blessed our nation. Uh, Many, many years ago uh, during the revolution, uh, there was a crisis, a terrible crisis that that took place uh, in that um, they were crying out for the word of God, the Bible says, when America cried for Bibles. Man, God help us to start crying for the word of God. Amen. The American Revolution was in full swing and the Bible, the more than 150 years of early settlement in America remained the basis of her people's religious devotion and her education, her colonial government. These Bibles had been shipped in from England. Now suddenly the American Revolution cut off the supply and the stock dwindled. And here was America in the greatest crisis yet. Without Bibles, Patrick Allison, Chapel of Congress, placed before the body of the 1777, a petition praying for immediate relief. It was assigned to a special committee which weighed the matter with great care and reported that the use of the Bible is so universal and so important, so great, that this committee refers to the above consideration of Congress. And if Congress shall not think of it expedient to order them... importation and types of paper. And the committee recommended that the Congress would order uh, the committee of the Congress to import 20,000 Bibles from Holland, Scotland, and elsewhere into the different parts of the states of the Union. Whereupon, it was resolved according to the direct uh, direct said committee to import 20,000 copies of the Bible during a session in the fall of 1780. The need rose again, and they decided the Pennsylvania Magazine would be turned into a Bible press. And they printed thousands of copies of the Bible. Why? The crisis was they had no Bibles. Today, the average Baptist doesn't read their Bible. The average Baptist doesn't bring their Bible to church. And folks, I want to tell you something, folks. We're in trouble. We've been blessed by God, but I want you to see that the Bible says in verse uh, 5, Thou shalt also consider... In that heart, that as a man chasten his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. What's it going to take for God to get our attention? God's not pleased with babies being killed. Let me just put this down. I'll try to be discreet here. But um, babies' lives matter too. They matter a whole lot. And folks, in the last 46 years, since they passed the Roe versus William, and by the way, that baby lived. That baby lived. That baby's still alive. 46 years old, 47 years old. And folks, 83 million lives have been stuffed out. Does that bother you? Maybe that's what we ought to get in the streets about. Maybe that's what we need to protest. Folks, what we ought to do is pray about it. Folks, 83 million lives could be doing something for God's glory that was stuffed out and you say, well, preacher, I just don't believe, I just, I just don't believe that uh, we ought to deal with this from the pulpit. I don't believe you ought to be political. I disagree with you. Uh, Abraham was the first politician. He was uh, to rule over a nation. And the way he'd rule over a nation, would, he'd have uh, a good family, and he'd rule over that family. Say amen. A nation is just a collection of families. Amen. We need a revival in the family. Joseph was sold into slavery, but through God's leadership, he became the vice president. I think that was pretty involved, don't you? Amen, listen, don't tell me that I can't be involved in politics. Politics is people. And folks, politics means that you, you pray that the politicians will be elected that are love God and honor God, and you ought to vote your principal, amen? Moses was the lawgiver. Daniel influenced King King. King Nebuchadnezzar, I'm glad somebody didn't come to Daniel and say, hey, listen, don't mention, don't mention politics in the pulpit. It's always the liberals that come up to me and say, don't mention politics in the pulpit, by the way. None of you conservative, you'd like to hear it every day, but I'm not going to do that. Um, Elijah, Elisha, and Jeremiah were prophets who spoke against politics and politicians that were wicked. David was God's chosen who? King I think that's a politician. Amen. Um, John the Baptist went against and cried aloud against King Herod's politics. It cost him his head, but God called him the greatest man that's ever born a woman. So he must not have been out of line. Say so amen. The revelation of Jesus Christ all through the Bible. You know what he's known as? Prophet, priest, and king. That's ruler. Say amen. 2016, it was a very unusual election. Can somebody say amen? I believe it was a space of grace. I don't personally like the person, and I don't personally like his personality, and I don't like his mouth, but I'll tell you what, I like his convictions, and I like his stand for Christianity, but I like his party's platform. 2016, the Democratic Party platform, we will appoint judges who will defend the constitutional principle of liberty and equality for all, and we'll protect a woman's right to a safe and legal abortion. That's in the Democratic platform. It says, we believe unequivocally, like like the majority of Americans, that every woman should have access to quality reproduction health care services, including safe and legal abortion. And by the way, the Bible says abortion is murder. It says, regardless of where she lives, how much money she makes, or how she is insured, we believe that reproductive health is a core of women's, men's, uh, women's, men's, and young people's health and well-being. We will continue to stand up for the Repu- Republican effort to defraud. Uh, stand against. Uh, the Republican effort to defraud Planned Parenthood health centers which provide critical health services to millions of people. We will continue to oppress and to seek to overturn federal and state laws and policies that impede a woman's access to abortion, including uh, by repealing the Hyde Amendment. That's in the Democratic platform. Equal time. 2016 Republican platform. You never thought you'd hear me reading this from did you? but I want to tell you something. Elijah stirred me up, amen. The Constitution guarantees, this is the Republican platform, that no one can be deprived of life, liberty, and property, deliberately echoes the Declaration of Independence, proclamation that all are endowed by the Creator with the inalienable right to life. According, we assert the sanctity of human life and affirm that an unborn child has a fundamental right to life which cannot be infringed. We support a human life amendment to the Constitution and legalization to make clear that the 14th Amendment protection applies to children before birth. That's the platform. It goes on to say this. A little, it's a little, little more blunt. We oppose the use of public funds to perform or promote abortion or to fund organizations like Planned Parenthood so long as they provide it and refer to elective abortions or sell fetal body parts rather than provide health care. We urge all states in Congress to make it a crime to acquire, transfer, or sell fetal tissue from elective abortions for research, and we call for Congress to enact a ban on any cell of fetal body parts. Now, folks, I just want to ask you a question. Which one can you stand for? Some people need to get right with God. Because I'm going to tell you something, you need to stand with God. I don't care what your heritage, I don't care what your background is, I'm telling you, friend, we need to stand for what's right. And I'm not, this is not political, this is biblical. And it's about time somebody gets up from the pulpit and rings out that there's wrong is wrong and right is right. And what's right is to stand for God and stand for life and stand for those babies. And stand for human decency and stand for the family and stand for, uh, same se- uh, uh, against uh, same-sex marriages and perversion. We need to stand against it. The way to stand against it is elect officials that, that stand with God. Red, yellow, black, and white, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian. Uh, folks, listen, we need to stand for God. We need to stand because I'm going to tell you something. Verse 11 through 14 tells us what happened to the children of Israel. The reason for rebellion and lapse of memory is always this one word, pride. Pride. Who do you think you are, America, to say that you don't like God's design for marriage? I kind of like it. I've been married to the same woman 46 years, 47, 46, 44, 45. I've been married a long time, amen, so long I I forgot. But anyway, and I love it. I love marriage. I recommend marriage. And I ain't never wanted to kiss a man like I want to kiss my wife. Aren't y'all glad of that fact? Say amen right there. Now, I can't see you smile, frown, or grin through those masks. But praise God, we need to stand for what God has ordained and planned and created. And he created the family. Amen. Amen. He created our nation. I believe that. I believe God created America. And folks, we are shaking our fists at God for one reason. Look at it, and I'll close. My time's up, because I don't want to keep you long because there's no nursery. God help us to get back to the nursery. But look at verse uh, uh, 3 through 5. It talks about God getting our attention. But look at 6. It says, Therefore shall thou keep thy commandments the Lord thy God, to walk in the ways, and to fear Him. I'll tell you what would, would solve all the problems in America, that we fear God. Fear God means we respect God. And folks, it's not very respectful to kick Bible out of the, out of the schools. It's not very respectful to kick the Ten Commandments off every, every judicial wall. It's not very respectful to God to say a person cannot pray in in a, in a school, and even look like they're praying. Uh, they they said they said many times in in these uh, uh, cases uh, without any precedent, not uh, any um, uh, cases in the past. They just kicked God out and ex and exited him right out the back door. And folks, I want to tell you something. God help us. God help us. To get back to the principles of Christianity in our education system, in our government, folks, we need to realize that uh, uh, the 22-word prayer uh, that got uh, the 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 uh, prayer taken out of schools that says we will not have it said we will not have prayer anymore, and, and they just they just kick kick the the the, the prayer out of school. It says this. We, this is the prayer they went to the Supreme Court with. We acknowledge our dependence upon Thee. It's praying now. They said, no, we, get, we can't have that. It's unconstitutional. Uh, we beg Thy blessings upon us. That was saying, hey, we need help in the school. By the way, since then, SAT scores have plummeted. Since then, now we have guards in the school. Now we have people shooting people in the school. In my day, uh, I remember one day, uh, I got three licks with a belt with a big old razor strap from the coach. And you know what I did? I got a spitball, put it behind my head, and threw it at my best friend uh, that we were, we were standing at attention. We were I threw a spitball and got three licks. Now they're having guns in school and violence. And it says this. Here's the prayer. We acknowledge our dependence upon Thee We beg thy blessings upon us. That was a student's prayer. And then our parents. Praying for the parents. Isn't that good? No, that's unconstant. You can't do that. Our parents. And our teachers. And then listen to this. And our country. Amen. 22 words. 22 words. Pray for three things. Students, parents, teachers. And then summed it up. Lord, please help our country. Please help our country. The course, said in 1963, only 3% of the nation professed no belief in God. 97% of the nation believed in God, and they still kicked the prayer out. Folks, they went against 97% of America. That's not how God intended for the United States to be run. We, the people, we, the people, should run this country. Not a bunch of bureaucrats, not a bunch of politicians but we ought to have politicians that will listen to us and listen to God and pray, say amen. And I want to tell you something, you're going to give account to God if you vote for some baby killer. You're going to give account at the judgment seat of Christ. There's going to be blood on your hands. You say, I don't like that. Hey, I'm not running for anything. I've been here 46 years. I might not be here another year because of this message, but I'll tell you one thing, I'm going to preach against sin until till God calls me home. And I'm going to preach against the sin of our nation, which is pride. Look at it. It says, therefore shalt thou keep the commandments of the Lord, verse 7, for the Lord thy God bringeth unto thee a good land, a land of brooks and water. Oh, man, he's blessed us, hasn't he? I love America. Praise God. It's wonderful. It goes on to say, when thou shalt eat and art full. Look at verse 10. We got full of ourself and all our blessings. And if you don't believe it, go to a third world country sometime. You'll find out how bad it is and how good you got it. It says, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which thou hast given thee. Now listen what happened. Beware. Listen to me now. Beware. Thou shalt not forget uh, thou that thou forget not the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God. The Lord thy God. Amen. Praise God, He's Lord. He ought to be Lord of this nation. You ought to be Lord of your family. You ought to be the Lord of your children. And look at this. It says, and not keeping the, It says, by not keeping the commandments and the judgments and his statutes which I command thee this day. Now listen, some of you fall asleep during the most controversial sermon I'll ever preach, and you're falling asleep. I can't believe it. It says, Lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, listen to this now. And when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied and all thy house is multiplied and have three cars in the carport, praise God. A big old house with more than one bedroom. Amen. Y'all living like kings compared to third world country. Come on. Amen. And we're all upset because we can't do all we want to do. Folks, people risk risking their life to go to the beach because ain't nobody's going to tell me not to go to the beach. Oh, I mean, friend, everybody's upset because their schedule's upset. But I want to tell you something, friend. Thank God you had a schedule. Thank God you had some entertainment. Thank God you had some blessings. Thank God you had some home. Thank God you have liberty and freedom that you're not going to let anybody tell you what to do. I understand. And I ain't going to fight over it. I pick my battles. I ain't going to split the church over whether you wear a mask or not or whether you sit six foot apart. If you don't want to sit six foot apart, stay at home. Stay at home and then uh, and, and sit six feet apart from your wife or husband and then you'll get in trouble, amen. You better scooch up to her, amen. Praise God. Now understand, that's fine. We'll get through this. I hope we have more than half the church left. But I want to say this, friend. It ain't easy to please everybody, but it ought to be easy to please God because he puts it in his word what to do. Amen. And listen to this. Lest when thou hast eaten and are full, verse 12, and hast built goodly houses and dwell therein. And when thou herds, then it says in verse 14, then thy heart be lifted up. That is the sin of America. Pride leads to discontentment. Have you ever in your life seen such discontentment up and down the streets of America? Listen. God help us. Go to South Africa and you'll find out what discrimination really is. God help us. Go to South Africa and you'll find out that the ventilator, if you don't get well in seven days, they take you off of it because they're so short of ventilators, they can't keep you on there like they did Brother Austin Gardner. They say, hey, you're dead man. We're blessed. We're blessed in America. We ought to not take it for granted. We ought to not pout up and shake our fists at God and say I don't have enough, I don't have enough rights, I don't have this, I don't have that. And I know there's injustice, but praise God, take them to court and prosecute them. am not saying you ought to do that. There's a criminal, I don't care if he's dressed, in red, white, or blue. That's what our justice system's about. But just because one preacher falls, don't turn against all the preachers. Just because one policeman falls, don't turn against the whole force and, and, and dissolve it. You say, you're really getting political now. Yes, I am. On God's side. You vote your conscience. You vote, line up with the word of God. Line up with life. Pride causes one to forget his creator and his sustainer. You know what we do? We go around like this saying, I deserve my rights. I deserve what I got. No, you don't deserve anything but hell. God's given you heaven by the grace of God. Say amen. God's given you a family. God's given you a good wife. God's given you precious children. And it's all the gift of God we should not raise our fist to God and say, God, look what I've done, and now you're not getting me enough, so I'm turning on you. I'm taking the name of God and Christ off, the, off my uh, family, and I'm going to live my own life of independence. And that's rebellion. Pride leads to selfish independence. Five, Ephesians chapter, uh, five, Isaiah 5, 21 says it's woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and put it in their own sight. And then let me say last of all, pride leads to perversion. I think the most prideful thing in the world is to shake your fist at God and say, I don't want to be a boy, I want to be a girl. And I want you to mutilate my body, surgeons, so I can be a girl. I think that is the most awful, wicked thing I've ever heard of in my life against God. To rebel against God. And say, God, I will not be what you created me to be because I don't like it. Well, I'm going to tell you something. God must have liked it because he created you, a man, a woman. Say amen. It's not Adam and Steve. It's Adam and Eve. Amen. It's a perversion to say, I'm pregnant. I don't like it. It's going to hurt my career. It's going to hurt my future chances of marriage because nobody will want to marry me because i got a baby. You should have contemplated that before you had sex before marriage. Say amen. And folks, I want to tell you something. It is rebellion and prideful to say, hey, I'm going to kill that baby because I don't want it. I do not want it. Well, if you don't want it, let somebody that wants a baby adopt it. But don't kill it. Say amen. amen. Folks, that's, pride leads to perversion. We get perverted in our judgments, abortion, addiction, homosexuality. And folks, pride has an effect on every of life. Government is self-righteous. Folks, listen, we need to humble ourselves in the sight of God. If not, look at verse 20 and I close. As the nations which the Lord destroyeth before your face, so shall ye he, he perish, because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord your God. Folks, obedient to the voice means submissive, humble. Our nation has lost its blush. We're no longer shocked by anything. And folks, listen, it's sad today that And I believe that Abraham, Joseph, Moses, Daniel, Elijah, Elisha, Jeremiah, David, even John the Baptist would cry aloud against this. And so, excuse me for a while as a preacher of the gospel. I'm going to cry against it. I'm going to cry out against it. Because I'm going to tell you something, folks the only hope we have is revival. And revival is going to start in your heart and my heart. And revival is going to start in the church. It's not going to start in the streets. I really believe that we ought to have more prayer meetings and less writing. I believe we ought to have more prostrate at the altar instead of protesting. I believe we'd do a whole lot better if we just get right with God, come back to God, come back to our founding fathers' principles that they had from God, and get back to God. Have a revolution back to the Bible. Amen. Wouldn't it be great if we cried out, Hey, there's not enough Bibles in America! What are we going to do? Turn them... Pennsylvania Magazine into a Bible production. Amen. Import them in from Holland. Import them in from Europe. No, we're not crying for that. We're crying for our own way. We're crying for what we want, what we have a right to have. And God's looking down saying, your heart's lifted up and you're forgetting me. And I'm going to have to get your attention. As a good father chasing a son. The Heavenly Father chastens the nation. Our Father used this message. I hope it hadn't been vain rambling, and I know that some people are offended, but God, I didn't preach to be elected. I don't preach to stay elected. I preach the Word of God because it's right. And Lord, you warned us in this chapter what happened to Israel. And God, I don't want to see our nation. And Lord, I don't want to see our nation lose the battle for the soul of America. And God, I believe the soul of America is the Word of God and the fear of God and God Almighty ruling this nation again through godly leadership and through churches that are coming back to God. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you, dear God, that we could sing the Star-Spangled Banner with allegiance and respect. But God, thank you that we can sing Amazing Grace. With allegiance and respect, because God, if it wasn't for you, we'd be headed to hell. If it wasn't for you, our families would be in shambles and we would have we wouldn't have any family at all. We wouldn't have a marriage at all. We wouldn't have sense at all. We wouldn't have no blessings, we wouldn't have food on our table. We wouldn't have health in our in our soul, in our body, if it wasn't for you. So Lord, just for a moment, and we're over time tonight this morning. But I really don't care because, Lord, we're here to worship you, but we're here to repent If my people, which are called by my name. God, we're here to seek your face. We're to have a a new passion, and we're here for repentance, to turn from our wicked ways. Then you said that we'd pray you'd heal this land. So God, help us to count the cost. God, I'm so sorry that I have to preach a message like this. I'm so sorry at the risk of losing some good friends and probably some good members that I have to rebuke sin that's rampant, that's subtle, and that's satanic in the name of freedom. God, help us never to be free from your leadership and your protection. God, please bless America again, but you're not going to bless us until we get right. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is reproach to any people. God help us to get this reproach off America to getting right with God. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I know I preached too long, but I'm not going to apologize, because you'll listen to a political speech for an hour and a half. Maybe you'd like to make your way to the altar there is an altar here. We're not going to expel you from that. We're not going to protect you from that. We do ask you to spread out a little bit. But who would be the first to pray for America? Let's stand quietly to our feet. want wants to close with a prayer for America? I want you to pray for your president, vice president. I want you to pray for the judges. We found out this week they don't all judge according to what we thought they'd be judging in turn because of politics. And Now more babies are going to be killed than ever in Louisiana. More babies are going to be killed in Louisiana than ever. Who'd like to come pray for your family? Who'd like to come pray for a family that's in trouble? Hey, let's have a Holy Ghost prayer meeting for a second for America. Folks, I'm proud of the red, white, and blue. I love America. And I advise people who don't love America, we'll buy you a one-way ticket. You can find out the third world countries really got it bad. And God's blessed us because we came with, for a savior when South America came for silver. This, 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 this country was started right. Oh, was it t- started right. And now there's a battle for the soul of America. I believe we're losing it. I believe we are in a very slim minority. But praise God. Let me just encourage you real second. Real second. God knew enough. If we'd pray and seek God's face, He said He'd heal this land. I believe that. Amen? I believe we ought to love everybody. Amen? I believe we ought to just be so loving that it ought to be our trademark for this church. We just love, love, love. Amen. Folks, if, if, if we love health, we preach against germs. And if we love righteousness, we preach against sin. Amen. So if you're offended by this message, you go home and pray for your preacher. Anybody else? Any people are praying? Some are going back to their seat. Let's sing a couple of verses, brother.